Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to you, Bucketheads. My name is Connor Lamont, and I'm here with Justin Goba for episode 61 of Land Grant Holy Land's College Basketball Podcast. And this week, we are actually questioning if the Big Ten has more than one good team? Is there just one good team in the Big Ten? I don't know. Um, just, a big, just a big bag of shit this year? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, Connor. Uh, we talked about this beforehand, but it's been a long week for me uh, between Ohio State going 0-2, and, and I'm not going to get into it, but I was scammed out of some money. Um, so it's been a long week for me, so I haven't had time to really think about the Big Ten too much, but we'll get into it uh, today for sure. Yeah, just like uh, just like Ohio State handed Maryland quite a few gifts in the first five minutes of the second half. If people ask you to buy gift cards, don't do it. We we definitely have some thoughts on the Big Ten as a whole, but first we do have to discuss Ohio State, who dropped their second straight game uh, this weekend on the road at Maryland. So the first question is: This a bad loss? Would you say this is a bad loss? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Maryland's interesting because I think I mean you could use the argument that at one point Maryland was thirteenth in the country. I do think a lot of people would call that a a fugazi, and um, as it was, Maryland's not that good of a team. I'll say this: they're a decent team when they can put it all together. The problem was they didn't put it all together against Ohio State, as you said. Ohio State just gifted them the game. It was the worst six minutes of basketball I, I think I've seen them play over the past maybe five years. It They outplayed them the rest of the game. It was just that six minutes was a 22-4 to four run, and it completely buried them. Um, it wasn't the best game from the freshman. Akpar struggled in foul, was in foul trouble. You know, Bruce Thornton looked a little bit just kind of out of his element. Maybe he's still sick still. I don't know. Bryce said the ball. He scored a lot, but he shot. He was very inefficient, and he was getting just targeted on defense. Uh, Roddy Gale had a good minute stretch, and he played well on defense. But um, it, it, it's not a good. It's, it's a bad loss, especially because it's coming off a game you should have won. 
They should have been two and zero this week. They were zero and two. It's not a bad loss in the sense it's January, you know, it was January eighth or whatever it happened. If you're going to have that kind of loss, you do it early, get it out of the way, fix the problems, and move forward. You know, there's still one game out of first place. There's, it's not like it, most teams are going to have one or two bad losses this year. You know, I mean, Kentucky just lost South Carolina, so there's a lot of there, there's college basketball is a long season. It's hard to bring it every single night for some ungodly reason. It's just a house of horrors when they go to Xfinity Center. They are one in six there since since they joined the Big Ten, since Maryland joined the Big Ten. And the average margin of losses is like 15. I mean, it, it's it's nuts how bad they are at the Xfinity Center. Maybe that's just a place Ohio State just can't go. I don't know. But um, that rhymed. But uh, And it's not like a, that's not a Chris Holtman thing. Dad Motto would have played there two or three times because uh, Maryland joined in 2014. So. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know why they're so bad there. I don't know what about that arena. The one thing I will say is people kept saying there was no students. There was definitely students there. First of all, they started classes the next day. So they're all definitely back on campus by then. And it seemed like there were students there. So I could be wrong, but I don't know. They really struggled there for some reason. It was an ugly game. Um, They just, they have to bounce back. You don't get a better get right game than they'll have tonight at home against Minnesota, that is the ultimate get-right game. I'm not panicking because I still think the team has a lot. It, it still plays very good ball. This was their first loss where I was like, damn, that's like where it changed my mind on the team. You know what I mean? Losing to Purdue by two without Zed Key doesn't change my mind about the team. This loss, I was like, okay, there's a lot of stuff they need to f- clean up. Um, but if they lose to Minnesota, then it's it's officially the Titanic is sinking, get on a lifeboat. But right now it's just – I see an iceberg, but maybe we can turn. I I think it's a bad loss because I I think Maryland is a bad team. I think that Maryland is an NIT team. I I watched Maryland get just absolutely railroaded by Michigan by like 35. I watched UCLA embarrass Maryland. Like I don't think I've ever seen a Big Ten team get embarrassed on national TV. And Maryland controlled this game outside of like a five-minute stretch at the end of the first half where Ohio State suddenly woke up and went on a run. Maryland pretty much controlled this game, but that is a that is a bad Maryland team. This this is not a good team. They are going to end up in the bottom four in the Big Ten. Um, year one for Kevin Willard, honestly, if they make it to the NIT and they win a couple games in the NIT, you could still say that's like that's a fine season just for him to start at Maryland, but. This is not Chris Holtman's first season at Ohio State, and they have much loftier goals than an NIT run. That's a game I don't care if it's on the road. It's a little tougher because you're on the road, but you got to beat Maryland. And that kind of, in my mind, yeah, the way my I, yeah. mind works is like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut. The way my mind works is Not now, control. it's like, to me, it's you, you lost a game that you needed to win. So the way my mind works is you now need to go win a game that you probably shouldn't have won, which to me means they need to win at Rutgers this weekend now to make up for that. That's, that's how my mind works at least. I mean, I would agree. They need to make up a game. I wouldn't say it has to be Rutgers. It can be any team down the road that you probably should like, if it's at Indiana or whatever the case right. may be at Purdue, at um, Michigan state, something like that. You have yeah, to pick one. I, I agree. This is, I agree. This is one of the games you, you had to have. It doesn't change my overall opinion that if you, my, as I came into January, I said, if you get out of January six and three, good January. Um, and I still believe that. And I think they still can. I, the Big Ten is this, like, 
I, it's hard for me to do the whole like, well, you know, Michigan beat Maryland by this much. So just because the Big Ten is such a weird, I mean, Iowa just walked into the rack and won by 11, but they lost to Eastern Illinois at home. You know, I, I can't figure out the Big Ten right now. You know, I mean, you got Michigan who starts, like I said, you know, Michigan starts 3-0 in the conference when they came in limping in the conference play. Ohio State beats the piss out of Northwestern. And Northwestern goes and they beat Illinois and Indiana back to back. So I don't I don't know. I can't figure out this conference at all. Um I do think I'll give them one. I'll give them one of these games. Last year they had like three of them. At Maryland was one of them. I I'll give them one of these games. You can't have another one of these. You can't drop another dumb one, you know. And and that's and the funny part is that's what we've been like kind of praising not praising but saying good things about this team was they don't lose dumb games. They've lost some games they probably should have won, whatever, but they've lost to good teams. Duke, North Carolina, San Diego State, Purdue. Those are all tournament teams. Well, probably with North Carolina's weird. But they're probably all tournament teams. They're all decent teams. Um, Maryland, yeah, Maryland's not a good team. I'd be shocked if they made the tournament. Bottom four, they're probably, yeah, probably bottom four. Um, So, yeah, it's a bad loss, but I'll give them one. I need need to see a, a... you need to kind of, at this point, it's not just beat Minnesota. You got to kind of beat the hell out of Minnesota now. But then, yeah, I mean, if you if you go on Sunday and you beat Rutgers at the rack, all's forgiven, you know. Or if you go beat Indiana at Assembly Hall, you know, like all's forgiven. So it's 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 early, you know. It's what, a young what team. What makes a what makes a bad loss or what makes a loss frustrating isn't always the transitive so and so beats who so so and so beat who. It's like when you know going in that one team is clearly the better team. Yeah. And yet they make preventable mistakes and lose right, to right. The yeah, they they gifted they gifted this game away. Because and I, Central it's Michigan also, controlled Michigan and beat Michigan. Michigan is a much better team than Central Michigan, but they yeah. you know they still beat them fair and square in their home court. It's it's that's what makes it frustrating is when you see a team that's clearly the superior team just doing things that they don't typically do and losing to a worse team. For some reason, transfer guards at Maryland love playing Ohio State because Fats Russell did it last year. Jameer Young did it this year. Um, it sucks when you're a team's get-right game because Maryland was limping into this game, and then they beat Ohio State. So that, that's kind of like a get-right game. So it sucks when you're the team's get-right game. But like I said, you know, it, it's hard to bring it week in, you know, day in, day out. I, I, it's not an excuse. You should still beat Maryland without Zed Key. It was very clear not having ZQ affected this game. Uh, again, not an excuse. Should have still beat them, but th- it played a factor. You know, the early foul trouble didn't help, but I'm not using that as an excuse because honestly, the, the refs were bad both ways, which I'd rather them be bad both ways and inconsistent. So they were consistent. They called everything. So you got to adjust by the by the second half. That's on you. So I'm not using the refs as a, an excuse or anything. Um, yeah, it's it's I, it, it was just that first six minutes was mind-blowing to watch i mean it was just turnover after turnover after easy layup after turnover after easy layup i i, just, I don't understand what happened there um which is weird because normally ohio state's been a really good second half team this year so that was tough to watch there was no doubt in my mind they were gonna win the game when they were up by five i was like they played a pretty bad half of basketball and they were up by five like just fix it up right. win by 15 That's and right. let's get the hell out of we've here we've seen this we've seen this story before several times this season yeah. where they they play down to somebody for the first half. They go into the into halftime only up, what, like three to Alabama A&M. They win the game by 29 or something like that. They do that a lot. Is they, 
look rigid in the first half and then they end up blowing out a team in the second half. So I, I really thought that that was what was going to happen in that game as well. I did too. So I don't, I don't, I don't you know, I, I don't want to harp on it cause it's over, but what was it 46, 46 fouls combined? Yeah. Something like that. It was something nuts. I'm mean, Ohio state. Didn't have a starter that didn't have four fouls. I don't think, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You move on. You can't dwell on it because the big 10 is tough. Every game is going to be tough. At this point, I think every game's tough because nobody's that good. <laughs> Not because everybody's really good, but um, you know, who knows? I, I I can't figure out this conference. I never will. I do still think six losses probably wins you the conference. So I don't think it's like they're out of the conference or anything. Um, you know, I still watch this team play Purdue to the to the, to the final buzzer without Zed Key, and I still think Purdue's the best team in the conference. So I, it's weird. I don't know. Um, I think it's, just, it's it's tough. It's tough knowing that they 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 very well should have got out this week two and zero, and they went zero and two, and that's a tough pill to swallow. I think it was a, another great example of the difference between, or maybe a better way to put it is the things that the things that hold you back in college are not the things that are going to hold you back necessarily in the NBA being evaluated by the NBA because just watching with my eyeballs that this was one of Bryce Sensabaugh's worst defensive games of the season. I think it was. Um, I think it was his worst. I mean, Hakeem Hart was abusing him. And I mean, if you, I mean, Maryland was, um, and Adam Jardy was one of the few outlets that was actually there. And what he said was, Maryland was was switching. They were setting screens and switching to make sure that they were scoring on Sensabaugh. They're like, this is the guy that we're going to be able to keep scoring on over and over. And eventually, we're going to tire him out, and he's just going to become, you know, we're just going to push him right over and score on him. And I mean, he was getting abused he was getting manhandled by maryland was just trying to find a way to switch switch around so they could always score on him if possible and but but when nba scouts are going to evaluate him that's going to be something where it's like okay but can you get us 2025 can you score at all three levels okay we will figure the defense out and i think that is kind of the miscommunication and a really a really poor um, evaluation of last year's Ohio State's team. Last year's Ohio State team is how do you only have X amount of success when you have X number of NBA draftees? And well, yeah. I mean, if, if you evaluate like that, be... then Calipari is a bad coach. Correct. Well, it's, <laughs> that's a very, it's a that's a very very common observation of fans of various teams, not just Ohio State. Of I mean, you'll see it all the time. Kentucky teams, any team that has NBA players that then aren't great in the tournament or don't finish the year strong. Bryce Sensabaugh right there is, I cannot give you a better example. That was a terrible defensive performance from Bryce Sensabaugh. And, and the thing, well, the thing about Bryce, he still scored 22, but he probably gave up more than 22 on the other end. And the problem with Bryce and not normally the problem, but the problem with him on, on Sunday was he was also pretty not great on offense. I mean, he was inefficient. It was like seven for 18. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I know he missed more than he made. So that was where it was mm-hmm. also kind of like, okay, you know, if if you're inefficient, and, and a lot of that is he's tired because he's working so hard on defense because they're they're singling him out. As someone who played basketball in AAU level and was a decent offensive player, but it was a really bad defender. I know exactly how that feels, and it is a bad feeling when you just keep putting on you you keep getting put on an island and you really don't have an answer. And I mean, I think. I think three straight possessions, Hakeem Hart just beat him off the dribble and then he fouled him. And he went to the line. It was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, it's tough. Roddy Gale and Eugene Brown were the bright spots of this game, I think, just 
what they provided on defense. Yeah, there was a stretch. Um, I don't remember if, if I texted you during the game or not. There was a stretch in the second half where they cut the they cut the deficit down from like twelve to like I think four. And the lineup at the time was uh, Isaac Likely, Gene Brown, Roddy Gale, Tanner Holden, um, and I think Bryce may have been the fifth guy in there. No, uh, he was he, on the bench because Chris. I don't love Crispin, but he pointed out he was like Ohio State's going on this run, and Bryce Sensball has been on the bench the entire time. Okay, I know it wasn't Justice, and it, then it must not have been Bryce either. But basically, they had Bryce. Then it was Bryce was sitting, Justice was sitting, Zed was out with an injury, so they had their top three scorers not playing, and they had a lineup of likely Holden, Gene Brown, Roddy Gale, and I don't remember who the fifth guy was. Like the max any of those guys average is like five points a game, but that was the lineup that shipped away the deficit and got them back to within three or four. And I don't remember if I texted you or not, but I was thinking in my head, I'm like, man, you said let it run. Yeah. Let, let the defensive, even if they're only getting a bucket, like once, maybe every other trip, they were locking it down. Gene Brown ended up with four fouls, but he was very active on defense. Roddy Gale um, had a really costly turnover at the, at the very end that people are going to remember. But for the most part, he played really well too. It was that defensive lineup. Um, that got them back into the game and i was kind of hoping out that he would just let those guys keep going leave bryce and leave justice on the bench if this is the group right now that's getting you back into it um let it ride and towards the end of the game they couldn't afford to do that because it ended up getting back to like a six or eight point deficit so he had to get bryce and and sean mcneil back in the game but um well that's i I believe i believe sean mcneil was was doing well I believe Sean McNeil was the fifth that was in the lineup at that time with Justice and Bryce on the bench. Okay. But, um, I mean, I asked Holtman about that on Monday too. I was like, like, what's the, you know, what's the decision-making like in the moment when you're like, you know, shit, we're still down say six points. So we need to score. But, um, at what point do you change gears and say, okay, we only got five, six minutes left. I need to get my scores back in. But at the same time, do you want to risk, like Sensabaugh getting scored on again. Do you, you need the buckets, but you also don't want to give it back. And he pretty much said, like, you know, those guys gave us juice on defense. So, you know, I want to let that group ride it out, but we need to get some offensive pieces back in the game towards the end there if if that group wasn't also able to get it done offensively to make up, you know, make up the deficit. So I was impressed by by that group. I would like to see um especially Gene Brown get some more minutes. I actually wouldn't mind if he maybe cut into Sensabaugh's minutes a little bit at the end of games. Yeah, we'll see how they do the minutes. I mean, it'll be interesting just because, you know, in Big Ten play, they play, you know, they play 19 conference games. Guys, are gonna, I don't know if anybody on this team needs to be playing more than 25 minutes a game, you know, that you have enough depth. And I don't think there's anybody on the team that, like, you got to have them out there. You know, there's sometimes Bryce, Bryce is easily the best scorer on the team. I would say Zed Key's the most important player on the team. Um you know, Justice had kind of a, a, a weird week because he played well in both games, but at big moments in both games, he had very bad turnovers and bad decisions. So, I don't know. You're in a weird spot. You need to get it right. It's that simple. Because this team is still incredibly talented. So, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And I meant, like we like we said uh Because we're, like, we're past, like, young team, whatever. No, figure it I out. Agree. Yeah, I mean, you can – you can say the, the the comments can be true that we still have young guys that are improving. That that's good and fine. Um, that's totally accurate. Out. You have guys that are getting better and improving and figuring things out. It does not matter. You have to beat Maryland. <laughs> like 
don't don't care if you don't have Zed Key. Don't care if you have freshman playing. You have you have to beat Maryland. Well, because you're still better than Maryland at the end of the day. Yes. So like no exceptions. You have to beat Maryland. So that that's you, a, even gotta, you even got it. You even got a shit. You even like it wasn't like Dante Scott killed you. Dante Scott had ten points. He barely played no, in the first it half. It was Jameer Young. How does Jameer? How does six foot tall Jameer Young end up with twelve rebounds? I'm, well, and that's the frustrating part. Can Jameer Young get thirty? Yeah, he's a great scorer. You know, he's gonna probably have thirty again this year, or at least twenty five. The the rebounds was was, and that's where again. Does he do that with Zed Key down there? Probably not, but who cares? There's still guys that are taller than six foot. Get a rebound. Some of them were long rebounds off missed shots that are just unfortunate. Yes, not all of them were. Some of them were bad miscommunications. Some of them guys just weren't boxing out. I mean, it was it, it's it's little things like that that win you games. It's things when I'm watching Michigan State of Wisconsin last night, they're both doing. They're both doing. And I'm watching Ohio State not do them. And you need to do those little things or else you're gonna you're gonna do the same. It's going to be rinse and repeat on everything. So you got to make those changes. Hopefully, Zed, it doesn't seem like Zed Key's out for much longer. So that's good. But I mean, and I mean, the thing is, too, is Thornton, I, I believe Thornton was the guy in Jimmy Young. And, and Thornton has he, been sick. So in his defense, he is a very, very good point guard. And I think that by the time he's done at Ohio State, I think he will end up going down as like one of the great point guards in Ohio State history, at least over the past 20, 30 years. I really uh, do no think doubt. he's. I think he's already that good, and I think if he's a three- or four-year player, by the time he leaves, he's going to be one of the great point guards in Ohio State history. But right now, some of the mistakes he's making, if if Isaac Likely is up for it, I would not at all be upset for right now. If you see Bruce Thornton minutes tick down, Isaac Likely minutes tick up, because I don't care if Likely can only score five points a game. He's also not going to turn the ball over in crucial spots. Sounds Likely, harsh. Likely handled the press like light years better than Bruce Thornton was. And that's just yeah. a fact. What we're going to do next is something we have not done before. Um, we're going to do overreaction or not. Justin is going to be on the hot seat. Um, you cannot just say overreaction or not and move on. You have to give at least some explanation to your answer at least a little bit of an explanation yes or no and keep going (laughs) it's like overreaction not not okay next question um some of them are big 10 related most of them are ohio state related um but tried to make all these uh very on brand and on topic for where the team is right now where the big 10 is right now so are you ready yeah okay overreaction or not Bryce Sensabaugh should be removed from the starting lineup in favor of either Gene Brown or Tanner Holden starting tonight against Minnesota. Oh, that's a weird one because that specific question, overreaction. That specific question, overreaction. If he's removed for ice likely, I wouldn't have the biggest problem in the world with it. Second question. Right now, Isaac likely needs to be in the starting lineup some way, <laughs> somehow. Okay, so clearly you could tell I did not get these questions uh, beforehand. No. Yeah, I would, I would put Ice back in the starting lineup. I think they just looked a little better. I think Bryce is that lightning rod off the bench, and I think that um, I just like I just like that lineup personally a little better. I like when you can have like a he's kind of like the Ohio State's Tyler Hero when when Hero will come off the bench for the Heat or you know something like that. He just brings that spark on offense that. It's hard to, you know, play for. So 
I don't think it's diminished to really dwindle, but I think, yeah, I would put Ice. As long as Ice is back up to conditioning and everything, yeah, i put Ice back in the starting lineup. So combining questions one or two, you're saying that you would not mind it if they go back to what they did at the beginning with likely starting and Sensabaugh as the first man off the bench. Yeah, correct. Okay. Number three, overreaction or not, the Indiana Hoosiers at this point have already eliminated themselves from winning the Big Ten. As we record this, they are 10-5 and five with a 1-3 and three record in the Big Ten, and they are playing at Penn State in about an hour. Yeah, let me um, stall for time as I look up Race Thompson's injury uh, because that's pretty much the answer for me. Uh, I know Xavier Johnson probably won't return. You know, if they lose race and Xavier Johnson, Miller Copy either needs to be the guy that we all think he's not, or they need to figure something out because, I mean, Jalen Hushafino had 33, Trace Jackson Davis had 20 and 20, and they lost. So um, I would say overreaction for now, but if they don't get race Thompson back on the court at some point, I would say they're probably done. Okay. Number four, overreaction or not, despite their current record, Northwestern is not going to make the NCAA tournament. No, that's 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 just accurate. So that's not an overreaction. You're saying that's reasonable. Right. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make the tournament. Okay. Uh, overreaction or not, if Ohio State wants to win the Big Ten Conference, the regular season title, then each of their next four games are must-win, which are home against Minnesota, at Rutgers, at Nebraska, and home against Iowa. Nah, but I'd say three and one. One, two, three. Okay, next one. Overreaction or not, if Zed Key does not come back this week, Ohio State has zero chance to beat both Minnesota and Rutgers. Zero chance, I would say no, but remember the first game, Zed Key was pretty much the reason they won against Rutgers. He had 22 and 14. Without him, Cliff Amorier is probably going to be able to kind of do whatever he wants. So that would be tricky. I do think Rutgers is... They don't live off Clifford Morier. Their two big, their two most important players are Paul McKay and Caleb McConnell, and it's kind of more or less what you can do on offense against them, not what they can do on offense against you. So, um, I would say it's not a. I would say that's not an overreaction, but I really hope if he's back by Sunday. I just have no faith they're going to win at the rack at all, honestly. Overreaction or not, the Big Ten will only get six teams in the NCAA tournament tough one because it's dwindling by the day um Mm -hmm. i'll say overreaction for now because i still think this could be a conference where the winner is like 14 and 6 but it's really 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 bunched like there's a lot of 6 to 10 seeds in the big 10 or something right now i'll say overreaction for now but teams like michigan and indiana and illinois and you know those teams really need to figure out some like they have bigger issues than Ohio State has. Like Illinois just lost their starting point guard probably for the season. Indiana's got some injury issues that go way past Ohio State's. Michigan, you know, they're working out some depth problems. Those teams need to all figure it out because they're they're kind of squarely on the bubble right now. I wouldn't put Ohio State on the bubble right now. No. Um, if I can put my two cents in, the variable for that one is there are a couple teams that we thought were going to be like elite teams namely Illinois and Indiana that we, that I definitely thought like going into the season, like these are surefire top 15 teams in the country. 
and they are both one and three in conference play right now. So I kind of I kind of said six with the assumption that Indiana and Illinois are like they'll both still find they'll both be in the tournament. Like that's a no brainer. But if the ship keeps sinking, then the Big Ten could have fewer than six, maybe. Yeah, right now I would still squarely put in the tournament Indiana, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Purdue, and Penn State. Also, for your somewhere? update for Race Thompson, the most recent one that I can find is three days ago, and it says Race Thompson um, on the bench at IU's game against Northwestern, no crutches, no boot. Um, walking around, which is encouraging. It said walking around gingerly, but no crutches, no boot. Yeah, it's good. It was really bad that he came back to the game with crutches on, I thought. Um, but, yeah, it's good that it seems like that he's – I saw that he probably will return this year, so that's good for them. Um, so right now I would still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I still have eight teams in the – maybe even nine making the tournament. Um, cause Rutgers is in there as well. So I still have probably eight or nine making it, but yeah, there's three or four that are pretty squarely on the bubble and even Penn state. I, I'm high on Penn state, but they're two and three in conference play and they got a huge one tonight, uh, you know, at Wisconsin. So, or, uh, um, no, they're home against Indiana. Yeah. So that's as we're recording this, that would have already happened. Um, and then they play Wisconsin next Tuesday. So if they need a Wisconsin, I think the Indiana game that would have already happened to throw up by 12 at the half, which is huge for them. They need to win one of those games because then they play Nebraska at Rutgers, home against Michigan. So they got some oh, winnable shoot. games. But Indiana's up by 12 right now at the half? No, Penn State is up by 12 right now at the half. Oh, my. Oh my. I'm recording this on Wednesday night for people that are curious. <laughs> yeah, you're getting our live reaction. So then if we bounce back up to the top of the, the Indiana question where you said it really depends if Race Thompson comes back, it looks like if he's walking around, no crutches, no boot, he will – probably be back relatively soon however now that we're factoring in again we're, we're this I would is also, wednesday night yeah as what a, if indiana was, goes to one and four or you yeah, said mathematically they're they're cooked they can't yeah, i'm, go, I'm going back i'm going back on that one knowing that this game's 12 point game of the half if penn state holds on here and indiana's one and four they're cooked you can't <laughs> you can't come back from one and four plus their next games are wisconsin at illinois and then michigan state i mean you just no now they're cooked Overreaction or not, of the current top four teams in the Big Ten, which is, as we expected, Purdue, Michigan State, Northwestern, and Michigan, <laughs> only one of those four will get a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so only one of those four stays in the top four? Yes. Uh, I disagree. I think Purdue and Michigan State are both will stay in the top four. I think Northwestern and Michigan will fall out. Okay. Uh, overreaction or not, Chris Holtman should consider using a specialized – uh, starting five at the beginning of each second half based on Ohio State's trouble coming out of the, in the second half recently. So not necessarily the same five starters that they've been using every game, maybe coming out of the second half with five different guys. Yeah, I think that's a, a game in-game adjustment. So I'd say it's not an overreaction because I wouldn't hate if they do it depending on how the game flow is going. Um, I do think one thing I've always liked about Holtman is he's not married to like a end-of-game team. I mean, we saw it, Roddy Gale was playing late in the game against Maryland. I don't think people would expect that, but he was giving them good minutes, so you ride the hot hand. He's good at he's good at riding the hot hand. So yeah, it's, it's definitely not overreaction. I don't know that they'll do it that often, but yeah, I think if you're was, if you're if you're reading the, if, like, if you're reading the room, yeah. I was namely thinking maybe having Ice likely starting the second half most games instead of Thornton. 
that's kind of what was going through my head yeah, thinking of that. You could. It just depends on I like I said, it depends on what you need. If you think you need an offensive spark, maybe I wouldn't go that route. If you need defense, yes. You know, it just depends on what the game is calling for, I would say. All right, overreaction or not, last one. Based on prior year's tournament success or lack thereof, a sweet sixteen should be the bare minimum to expect from this season Ohio State team. Yeah, you know me with this one. I really always kind of go to matchups when it comes to that. Um, but most you know, people are not. Most people are not. I would say that's not overreaction, though. No, I think this is the best team they've had. Um, I think at some point you got to make a Sweet 16. I would say for sure next year, absolutely. I know people are sick of hearing that. I know people are sick of people saying that. Uh, I would say for sure next year, Sweet 16 is a bare minimum. This year – I, I, it depends on matchups again. Like, like, I mean, you know, for example, his first year, yeah, they were five seed, but I mean, Gonzaga was a four seed and they were criminally underseeded. They were two seed to me. So, you know, sometimes you run into that weird issue. So I, it depends on matchups. I would say I would, I would be, I want a sweet 16, obviously. Again, I don't really, the sweet 16 thing is way more important to a lot of people than me. Because if you make it to Sweet 16, then losing to Sweet 16, I really don't give a fuck, to be honest. You know, great, you won one more game. I mean, I get it. It's a barometer for success. Cool. It um, is. But it's just, it's not like, I'd much rather them have like a regular season title or something. I don't know. You know, it's it's not the biggest barometer of success for me. I think Elite my general... Eight, Elite 8 is completely different to me. I think the the difference between Elite 8 and Sweet 16 is far different than a Sweet 16 and a round of 32. But... I get, I get it. Around a thirty-two, if you get to Sweet Sixteen, probably definitely means you beat a team higher seeded than you, uh, unless you're a really high seed. So, you know, See, I, I get I, that. I'm totally. I think totally differently. I, honestly, I think that if you say, "Did you have a good season?" I would say you cut down nets in some capacity, or you made a Sweet Sixteen. That's that would be like my barometer for like was the season of success. Did you make the Sweet Sixteen, or did you win the conference, or did you win the conference tournament? Do you have oh, something yeah. to bring? Do you have something to bring home? Yeah, um, and, and I get it, and I do, and I do agree that a Sweet Sixteen is, it is a barometer for success. I just don't think like, it doesn't matter like as much just to me personally. You know, like, if you lose, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to even explain to be honest. Um, that's a fun I, question, I, just because it's a fun question, really based on who you ask, because some people will say. Listen, he hasn't made a Sweet 16 yet. I don't care who's on the team. I don't care what the expectations were. I don't care if they were picked to finish 13th in the conference. He better make a damn Sweet 16 this year. This is this is his last chance. Other people will say, you know, they've got some young players. I don't know if they'll make a Sweet 16 this season. I hope to see some good things, and I really hope that all those guys come back next season because they'll get they'll, they should be really good next season with all those guys if they can keep everybody on the roster. It just it just it depends what perspective you're looking at and i also think games against minnesota in the middle of january are a big part of making a sweet 16 or not because losing like a game against minnesota at home bingo exactly like last season how do you end up in a spot where you have to play villanova in the second round well maybe if you don't lose to nebraska at home you're a seed higher and you don't end up playing villanova in the right second that's round. <laughs> and i think that's why the maryland game i didn't have the titanic sinking as much as some people did I mean, people freaked out on Sunday after that game. When it comes to seeding purposes, the committee road conference losses, they don't really tend to care. They care about 
home losses, bad home losses, and then what you did kind of non-conference. And Ohio State's non-conference was fine. It wasn't anything special. It was kind of exactly how I think a lot of people expected it to go. And so far at home in conference, they're 2-0. So I do still think they have a good chance at a high seed, a 5 or a 6 seed. They could also be 8 or 9 seed. This team is kind of what makes every game fun and kind of what makes every game super stressful is I really don't know how they're going to play. Um, you know, I think, they're, I think they'll beat Minnesota, but – you know, it, it depends on when it comes to seeding, the biggest things you have to do is make sure you don't lose a dumb one at home. And that's kind of where, I mean, they still play Maryland at home. So, you know, you got your chance to kind of get that revenge. I, I believe they play Maryland at home. I think it's their second to last game. Um, so, you know, that will be a big barometer because that's in March. That's heading into the tournament. So um, that's, I would definitely qualify that now as a must win. You're, you're talking about the Maryland game that I look it up. That would be a quad one loss. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's we're nothing. Not, we're not tooting the horns for losses, but when you're talking about, um, when it comes to seating, losing, that truly losing is a seating. Cause right. Cause they're still giving respect to Maryland for now. At least. Miami. I don't know if it'll be a quad one loss in a month and a half, but for that, now, that, my, that Miami, loss. that Miami win is really, holding them at a higher regard like in terms of like the net and stuff like that yeah people um, forget so we'll see it, it could change but i picked miami for the final four didn't i uh i did i picked virginia which is i think i took terrible i think Miami's I miami. looking great miami's beating boston college right now by 20 so I took, miami stinks, and, I took miami and tcu so yeah i don't know about tcu but tcu's they're like 14 too so anyway they won 11, um, they won 11 straight anyway yeah we're people forget them. jamie dixon's a top 15 coach in basketball and that might be many many that people under that might be underestimating it. jamie dixon's absolutely phenomenal but um anyway so you know looking at that i would say that loss doesn't kill me it's like you said right now it's a quad one loss worst case scenario would be a quad two loss a loss to minnesota at home that's a quad three loss that's a quad four loss so that's the stuff you cannot it. have I would assume it's a quad three loss. I don't think anything in the Big Ten would be a quad four loss. That's like losing at home to Eastern Illinois, Iowa. But I can find uh, it. Minnesota's really bad. So who knows? Honestly, quad three. Uh, okay, what is uh, what is Minnesota in the RPI? Let me find it real quick. I can find this with the quickness. So as you're finding that, yeah, I would say that right now, um, right now, I would say it's not an overreaction to want the standard to be Sweet Sixteen. But for me, like I said, it it just always does matter about matchups. If they run into some horribly underseeded team and they play them close to two, like, you know, it's hard for me to – it also depends on how the game goes, you know. Like, they didn't make any egregious errors against Villanova last year. They just lost to a Final Four team. Sometimes that happens. They shot themselves in the foot earlier in the season by losing dumb games and having to be a seven seed. So that's where I think you need to win these games like Minnesota, win as many games at home as you can because those are the bad losses. Steal a couple on the road. You know, if you finish 14 and 6, 13 and 7, that's a good conference year. Maybe you give yourself a chance to win the win the conference. Again, my my expectation of this team is to win the conference. I don't think they're the best team in the conference. So, you know, next year, maybe. Depends on if Bryce Sensabaugh is back or not. Um we'll, we will never know until we see just, it. But just to let you know, a loss against Minnesota at home would be a quad four loss. Yeah. So you can't do it. Can't happen. That Wednesday, would be tomorrow, to the committee, tonight is that a would, must win. Yeah, to the committee, losing to Minnesota at home carries the same weight as losing to Alabama A and M at home. That's how bad Minnesota is right now. Yeah, so um, don't do it. Beat Minnesota and get your get right game, and then Sunday, you know, play your balls off against Rutgers and try to beat them. That's going to be such a weird game anyway because I can already hear the students with how the first game ended. That's going to be a weird one, but 
you know, it's been a weird conference year already. They haven't had a normal conference game. The first one ended in huge controversy. The Northwestern one went completely different than I expected. I thought it would be a really close game. They blew them out. The Purdue game, you know, if Justice Suing just dribbles out of that corner, we're, we're fine. By the way, it's funny because I keep seeing people like you don't want to throw the ball to the corner, but that's not the coffin corner. The coffin corner is like five yards closer to the bench. I watched two games this week in the exact same situation. They inbounded the ball in the exact same spot. Northwestern did it with Boo Booey, and he just dribbled out of it. And then yesterday, wait, I wrote it down. I want to remember who did it. Um, yesterday, it happened in the oh, – what game was I watching? It happened in the – give me a sec for this to load because I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget. Kansas game, same inbound situation, and Dewan Harris just passed it, and he made a good pass. So, you know, that's just a situation of like if Justice Sewing just puts that ball on Bruce Thornton's right hand and on his left, we're not even having the conversation. So that's the tough part about that, but he knows that. Um, but yeah, I would say to answer the Sweet 16 question, I would say it's definitely an expectation, but it's hard for me to say it's the bare minimum. All right. Well, we were just talking about Minnesota a second ago about how, you know, losing to Minnesota quad four loss at home. That is, the, that is the kind of game that could single-handedly move you from say um, a seven seed to an eight seed hypothetically and set up your matchup with a one seed. And like that is could, what could prevent you from making a sweet 16 where if you maybe take care of business, you're a seven seed, maybe you play two better chance to win. They play Minnesota tonight at home. Minnesota is number 192 in Ken Palm. They are like 226 in RPI. They are six and eight. They are 0 and four in big 10 play. And they are the only team in the big 10 with a negative um, scoring differential. I think it's like minus two and a half. Um, on average, they lose their games by two and a half, which is absolutely piss poor. I think they average like 64 points a game. Um, 59% free throw shooting team. Only two guys shooting 35% from three. They do have two players, though, who I think would start on a lot of Big Ten teams. That's Dawson Garcia and Jamison Battle. I mean, they just took Nebraska to overtime and Wisconsin beat them by three. So... They've had kind of a, a decent January, I guess, by their standards. Yeah, I mean, was yeah, Wisconsin three. I think ne- Wisconsin was three, Nebraska two. So they played tough against Nebraska, who also is improved from last year, I think, but still bad. And still the second worst team in the conference behind Minnesota. Wisconsin is fine. Um, and I, I think that Jamison Battle too. The stats this season aren't telling the full story. Cause I think last season we talked about Jamison battle a decent amount on, on this podcast about how underappreciated Jamison battle was last season. Cause he was filling it up and it wasn't even like a volume score, like Marcus Carr style. He was shooting like 40 some percent overall and close to 40% from three last year, this season, it's been a lot tougher, but I think last season, the body of work shows that he is a guy. He's a bit, he's lefty. He's a big lefty. He is somebody that, could give you problems. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get too much in the weeds on this one. In the words of Al Davis, just win, baby, win. I feel like we have to let me see if there's anything else about. We said bad free throw shooting team, uh, not a good three point shooting team. I mean, there's just not, there's just not much that they do well other than their top two guys are pretty good. Dawson Garcia is pretty good too. Um, I think yeah, I mean, he had, like, to, I think he had twenty and twenty and nineteen a couple games ago. <laughs> I would say Taylon Cooper is a, a serviceable uh, point guard, um, but yeah, they just have zero depth. They're young. I mean, Ben Johnson took over a 
ship that what they have like one returning guy last year. They had like nine different transfers and like seven of them only had one year of eligibility. They were just in a really, really weird spot. So, I mean, credit to them. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's a tough rebuild and that's not overlooked. But at the end of the day, it's also just like off oh, Ohio State. You're not rebuilding. So just win, win the game. I was just thinking about Minnesota earlier. There was like they were really good. Like that's crazy. You were just throughout the day just thinking about Minnesota. You're I saw the logo and I was that's thinking sicko. about. The, I, I know, I know. I'm a sick puppy. Um, that's some sick shit. I was, I was daydreaming about Minnesota basketball, and I was thinking about the barn because oh, I want to go to a game at the barn, but I don't want to travel to the barn. Barn is fantastic. Um, However, this game is at in Columbus. But do, do you remember how good Minnesota was like three years ago? They had like they had some studs at Minnesota a few years ago. Like that was it's, a good team. It's, and now it's, it's, really, it's really funny yeah. because Minnesota was really good and their issue was I would say the only issue, but one of the issues was Richard Pertino. People are like Richard Pertino's not getting this team to their fullest potential. You know, and they let him go. Richard Pertino is very clearly in coach of the year. Uh, talks right now at New Mexico State. They're like 14 to 1. They're ranked. Um, they've been phenomenal. So it's really weird. It's like it's like Richard Patino needed to get fired to kind of figure himself out. I don't know. I never thought he was a bad coach, but I do think they underperformed a little bit. You know, I mean they had they had Marcus Carr at one point, you know, like <laughs> they've had yeah. players. So the, I, I, the, it's been really weird. The 2018-2019, okay, they weren't as good as I remember, but the 2018-2019 team went 22 and 14 overall. They went nine and 11 in uh, nine and 11 in uh, Big Ten play. And do do do. Who was there? Who's on their roster? Peyton Willis, Marcus Carr, Amir Coffey, Jordan Murphy. Yeah, Amir Coffey is, is currently playing decent minutes in the NBA right now. You know, and Marcus Carr is the leading scorer at Texas. It's Ten years later, I mean that that's a that's a ball squad right there. Ball squad. They're that's a team. That's a team right there. Oh, and they were a tournament team. They beat Louisville in the first. Oh man, they were a tournament team too. Man, yeah, Minnesota was actually not bad a couple years ago. Holy cow, how that's fallen. Yeah, and it's tough. And again, this is sometimes what happens when you change over coaches. Guys leave, guys transfer. You bring in new guys. It's 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 a weird kind of tightrope you have to walk so i mean they're clearly in rebuild mode it's not an impossible rebuild um i mean ohio state in their great recruiting class is getting a minnesota kid so tasting chapman so uh, you know you just there's some talent there you just got to recruit at a high level try to convince guys to come it's just tough to do it in the big 10 you know but i got faith in ben johnson ben johnson's a good coach he'll figure it out is He's a minnesota is guy minnesota, is minnesota a state with a lot of high school talent or no you would know better than me. I, it's not. I wouldn't say it's bad, um, but I wouldn't say. I mean, it's not. It's not a blue. It's not a blue blood by any means. But I wouldn't say it's bad. I, a lot of those schools, and I noticed this when I was covering sports up in Nebraska. Wasn't Chet Holmgren from Minnesota. Yeah, Chet Holmgren's a Minnesota guy. Um, Jalen Suggs, Minnesota too. guy. Then yeah, they played together. It, it's a weird one. Um, you know, like I said, when I was covering sports up in Nebraska, um, Nebraska, like Omaha, was so much better hoop than I thought that I thought that I thought it was going in with no knowledge. So, you know, it all depends. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not Seattle or anything like that, but there, there's some good hoop out there for sure. All right. Got anything else we got to hit before we get out? 
I um, just uh, check over emails twice. Yeah, somebody say. says somebody says buy you gift cards and scratch off well, the codes. That's a that's a red that's a red flag. You're making it a little more simple than it was, but I would just say check emails twice. <laughs> That'll do it for us today. Uh, if you found this on the Landgram website, make sure to also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, wherever you get your music and podcasts so that every week you'll get a notification when we put out new episodes. Yeah, you don't got to follow me on Twitter. I'm pretty much done with it. But uh, you can follow Bucketheads <laughs> at BucketheadsLGHL. I have to leave the Twitter app for my phone just for mental health purposes. But um, I'll probably still be tweeting from Bucketheads at times. So you can follow us there. And um, you can follow me. Uh, yeah, where are you? At- yeah, at Lamans, there's L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor. I did not delete Twitter. I will still be on Twitter because, like we said, I'm a sick puppy and I cannot put it away. But anyway, we appreciate you listening. If you made it this far, have a great weekend and go Bucks. <laughs>